All praises to the Most High, brothers and sisters. I am your host, the Apostle Reuben, with a message. Well, you know, brothers and sisters, I previously done a podcast episode that was titled Without Spot. If you have not um, watched that podcast episode, which is called Without Spot, what does it mean? You know, I suggest you do that. It talks about being without spot before the coming of the Lord or before you die. Let's get to the book of Proverbs 14. Proverbs 14, and I'm going to read verse 32. Proverbs 14, verse 32 says, The wicked is driven away in his wickedness, but the righteous hath hope in his death. See, brothers and sisters, the righteous keep the law, according to Luke 1 and 6 and Proverbs 1, I mean, not Proverbs, but Psalms chapter 125 verse 3 where it says for the rod of the wicked shall not rest on the lot of the righteous lest the righteous put forth their hands to do iniquity so unless we that strive to keep the commandments fight to keep the commandments put forth our hands to do iniquity and our righteousness is counted no more righteousness because we have put forth our hands to do iniquity and become unrighteous, which is what wicked is, unlawful, Proverbs 28 and 4, Psalms 119, verse 53. But brothers and sisters, what I want to address is, are we going overboard with scripture? You know, a lot of people like the glory within themselves. And, you know, Paul warned us about this in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And I'm going to start in verse 21. Therefore, let no man glory in men. For all things are yours. And the all things, brothers and sisters, are the scriptures. The scriptures, brothers and sisters of the Most High, are the only way to teach. When we look at the prophets, the prophets were told to speak the Lord's words unto them. You know, of course, I read Jeremiah 1 and 9. But I want to read Ezekiel chapter 2. Ezekiel chapter 2, verse 7. This is what God tells Ezekiel. And the word, and thou, and thou shalt speak my words unto them, whether they will hear or whether they will forbear, for they are most rebellious. Verse 8. But thou, son of man, hear what I say unto thee. Be not thou rebellious like the rebellious house, like that rebellious house. Open thy mouth and eat that I give thee. What God gave Ezekiel is going to be in verse 9. And the eat is what we've been talking about all this time. When we go back to the Garden of Eden, 
when they ate the fruit, the fruit which is the uh, um, the fruit of wickedness, the fruit of sin. Proverbs chapter eighteen, verse twenty-one. Proverbs thirteen and two. Right here in Ezekiel two, verse nine, it says, "And when I looked, behold." And hand was sent unto me, and lo, a roll of a book was therein. Verse 10, and he spread it before me, and it was written within and without. And there was writings therein, lamentations, and mourning, and woe. So this book, this book had lamentations sadness and mourning and woe which is translated destruction so what did he do with the role verse i mean chapter 3 verse 1 moreover he said unto me son of man eat that thou findest eat this roll and go speak unto the house of israel so brothers and sisters this role which had lamentations and mourning and woe is none other than the bible the scriptures prophecies what's in the bible is not going to be easy to accept especially when the scriptures have been fabricated over the centuries. And what I mean by fabricated brothers and sisters, the Sunday church has used the Bible and invented a way, not the way, but a way for people to understand. Like for instance, we're not under the law, we're under grace. So if we're not under which is which Paul was saying the sacrificial law, but we're under grace. Because if you folk, I'm gonna show you something real quick. Most pastors do not tell you that in order for Israel to get forgiveness of sins and atonement, they had to have the law of sin and death, which means something had to die for sins, which was a lamb, a goat, a turtle dove, a bullock, um, whichever one that uh, the transgressor had to offer to the priest on the altar. This is why Christ says in the book of Matthew chapter 8, starting in, I would say, verse four, he says, and Jesus said unto him, see thou tell no man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest and offer the gift, which would be the lamb, the sheep, the bullock, the turtle dove, whatever his means was, that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. So they were still using the death of an animal to atone for the sin. And his blood, the blood of that animal, 
would atone for the sin of Israel. If Christ came and his blood was sprinkled on that altar from his death and the curtain of the temple was rent in twain, why would we still have to use animals for atonement? That was also law according to Hebrews 10 and 8. That was the law that we're no, we're no longer under, but that grace from that law doesn't mean we don't have to keep the law. We were given grace from that law because it took that law for us to atone against breaking the written commandments given in Deuteronomy 4.13, 10 and 4, and Exodus 34.28. When we broke the written commandments, we had to have a law to atone for sin. Because Paul said in Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. So when we go to Matthew 9, 13, it says, go ye and learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice, for I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners until repentance. I want you to understand something. In, in Matthew 9, 13, Christ says, I will have mercy and not sacrifice. What is mercy? According to the Bible, what is mercy? Let me show you how these preachers fabricate things and not sacrifice. Let me show you what mercy is. Psalms 116. I'm going to let the Bible show you. Psalms 116 and verse 5. Psalms 116, verse 5. Gracious, gracious in the Old Testament, gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yea. Our God is merciful. Merciful and grace go hand in hand. Mercy and grace is the same thing. Just like commandment and law. Just like evil and sin. It two is two names that mean the same thing. Two words that mean the same thing. Let me give you another one. Psalms 1. 103 verse 8. Psalms 103 verse 8. Let me give you another scripture. I'm, I'm showing you something, brothers and sisters. I'm going to give you another one. It says in Psalms 103 verse 8. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. So when Christ says, I would have mercy and not sacrifice, sacrifice or I should say mercy, he would rather have the mercy that we get when we keep the law. Look, I'm going to show you that we get mercy when we keep the law. Deuteronomy 5 and 10 says this, Deuteronomy 5 and 10, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. This is what Christ was talking about. I would rather have mercy and not sacrifice because the priest used the sacrificial law of the temple over mercy and judgment. They, like your pastors, which is, I would call, a repeat in what the Pharisee done in your pastors by taking your 
10% and not teaching you the Bible, the things in it, like God told Ezekiel, the lamentations of the morning and the woe, the nuclear war. I've done a podcast episode called Nuclear War. I've done a podcast episode called The Vision of Malachi. I, I have done a podcast episode that was titled, Does God Hate? On and on, brothers and sisters, if you look through the list, I've given you scriptures to let you know that this Bible is a book of lamentations and of mourning and of woe. There are things that are going to happen, brothers and sisters, that are going to be graphic to accept in your mind. It is graphic to accept. Things are graphic and hard to accept. But you go along and you look at T.D. Jakes and Creflo Dollar and Benny Hinn and and John Hagee and, and Joe Lawstein and Juanita Bynum and, and, and all of the, some all the rest, Paula White, whoever, and they're always smiling like nothing bad is going to happen. God loves you. He's gonna he's gonna take care of you. He's going to bless you. And there are no scriptures. And millions are caught up in that. I should say, fabricated gospel. Another gospel mentioned in Galatians 1, verse 8 and 9, that nothing bad is ever going to happen, and Jesus is happy in heaven with this type of false worship. Another podcast episode proving Christ did not raise on the first day of the week. On and on. On and on, brothers and sisters. I have done podcasts and used scripture. Without spot was one that caught the eye of a lot of people. Why does the Bible record that we have to be without spot if we're not of the law but under grace? Why does the Bible teach that we have to overcome, you know, let's let's look at one of those scriptures in Revelation. Revelation chapter 3. Now, overcome, brothers and sisters, overcome what? Overcome what? Overcome what? Revelation chapter 3, verse 8 says, Ah, let me see. I think I may have given the wrong chapter and verse. It was verse 5. Revelation 3, verse 5. That's where I want to go. Revelation 3 and 5 said, He that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment. And I will not blot his name out of the book of life. It's not, the Bible never talks about heaven, going to heaven. Especially after reading John 3, 13 
in 1 Timothy 6, 15, 14 through 16. Christ is the only one that hath immortality. See, it was eternal life and immortality. But they fabricated, they fabricated what, or I should say, invented a doctrine that says, okay, instead of using the book of life, eternal life, we're going to use you die, go to heaven. Because if we teach eternal life in the book of life, it'll result in you happening to keep the commandments. And they're trying to keep you from keeping the commandments. It's not that they don't see it. Revelation 3 and 5 says, He that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot, blot his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. Paul says it. Look at Romans 12. Brothers and sisters, I'm about these scriptures. I'm not about my own. God gave us a Bible with 66 books. I believe there's 80 books because the Apocrypha is sufficient for the Bible. It was removed by a protest from the Protestant church for a few doctrinal miscues, which they are the miscue, miscuers. Is that, if, if that even if that is even a proper word to use, which I, like I say, brothers, I don't use a lot of words. I like to uh, just quote scriptures, what God gave me to quote, because his word is always in my tongue. But Romans chapter 12, verse 21 says, be not overcome with evil, transgression, but overcome transgression with law. That's what good means, law. Romans 7 and 12, for the law is holy, the, the commandment is holy, just, and good. When we look at 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8 says, But we know that the law is good. If a man use the law the way it's meant to be used, which is lawfully. So the law is evil, it's good. So if you're going to overcome, you're going to overcome sin with law. There's no other way to do it. You're not going to be able to overcome sin on your own or by your own righteousness. So when I um, teach this about blameless, most people commented, you know, because blameless is in Luke 1, verse 6. Most people saw that one passage and said that I was twisting scripture. Luke 1, verse 6 says, and they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. Now, they said, no, blameless doesn't mean keeping the law. Blameless means being with God. You're twisting the scriptures. So I said, okay, let's go to one more. 
let's go to one more. A mirror image. This is when they got quiet. This is when all, you could hear crickets in the room when I read this one. Paul says, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, which is the children of Israel, Acts 7.38, touching the righteousness, which is in the law, blameless. That's what you heard, nothing. Am I twisting that too? I said the second time it says that we're to be blameless. These are scriptures in the Bible, brothers and sisters, that they won't quote. Blameless. Let's, let's look at Ephesians 1 and 4. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4 says, According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy without blame before him in love. Wait a minute now. Wait a minute. If we are without blame, blame is sin. Without blame means without transgression. Wow, you know what? Hundreds of years, this Bible has been the, the King James Version, which I use. I don't use any other version but the King James. The original one they used to deceive the slaves is the one I use. Same one, the one that they try to run from. Be holy, Numbers 15, verse 40, which is to keep the commandments. That's what it means. Without blame before him in love. And the love of God is 1 John 5 and 3 keeping the commandments so the bible says without blame you know i'm looking at this and wondering why they try to keep people in sin by quoting romans 6 verse 14 i'm like you know when he says paul basically says let not sin have dominion over you they skip that part they skip that part. They skip you. They go all over that to get to the bottom part of the verse. So you can forget all the, the first, the top of uh, the verse. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under law, but under grace. Wait a minute. Sin shall not, but for transgression of the law, which is what sin is, shall not have dominion over you. For ye are not under law, but, wait a minute, under grace. So that means, wait we read that part, well, even verse 15, what then shall we sin because we are not under law but under grace, God forbid. So still, we still can't sin. They have fabricated and misused that verse. When Christ had already said in Matthew 9 verse 13, I would rather have mercy, which is grace, and not sacrifice. Why don't these preachers preach sacrifice? The first of the covenants for Israel only. Not every nation, not the Gentiles. 
If the Gentiles never sacrificed, then they were never in that covenant. And if your pastor teaches it and someone comes across Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 and 5, that just ruins their whole deception presented to the people. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might have, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Wait a minute. If Israel was the only one under the law, then Isaiah 53 was only talking about Israel. So what? Wait a minute, but but it, it makes sense. Isaiah 53, verse 8 said, He was taken from prison and from judgment. Who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people, he was stricken. My people, my people, my people, he was stricken. My people. He wasn't stricken for the world. He was stricken for his. And let me show you who my people is. Second Chronicles 6 verse 6 says, But I have chosen Jerusalem, that my name might be there, and have chosen David to be over my people Israel. Now, here's the one that's going to strike you upside the head. Matthew chapter 2 verse 6. And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princesses of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people, Israel. It's still the same in both Testaments. God's people is Israel. So why would we teach the law of sin and death, which is the law of you sin, something has to die? Either you're going to die if you if this if the blood of this animal can atone for your sins, like same sex, like breaking the Sabbath. You'll find that in Leviticus uh, 20 and breaking the Sabbath in Numbers 15, verse 32. And I know Leviticus um, 20, verse 13. Let me see if I'm uh, I want to go ahead and give you that scripture of the Levitical priesthood, what they were to do if this happened. Leviticus 20, 13, if a man also lie with mankind as he lies with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination, which is transgression, and they shall surely be put to death, and their blood shall be upon them. The law of sin and death. That's what Paul was talking about in Romans chapter 7, verse 23 and 24, and Romans 8, verse 2. For the law of the spirit of Christ Jesus that me freed me from the law of sin and death. The sin and death is what you just read. You sin, you died. The priest, who you think killed you? The priest. Just like they were supposed to kill the woman in John chapter 8 that was caught in adultery. So 
They keep that part of the law from you, and they also keep the fact that you're to be without spot. Also keep from the fact that you're to be blameless. See, this is what's going to have a lot of our people thrown into the lake of fire. Second Peter. Second Peter 3.14. I'm going to show you something. Second Peter 3 verse 14. 2 Peter 3 verse 14 said, Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. When Christ returns to this earth or you die, if you still are hung up in sin, if you're still hung up in transgression, brothers and sisters, the only result is a second death, Revelations 20, 12 through 15. That's why we must overcome together. And the only way, brothers and sisters, we're going to overcome our transgressions is through the words of this book. Constant, constant, constant. We must continue to go over and over scripture that we may see and get our spirits built up and get over these lies and inventions that Sunday church has come up with from the beast, the power of the beast to keep his rulership going. They don't want to see Christ come out of that sky. They may put their hands up and say, come Lord Jesus. They don't want him to come. They do not want Christ to come out of that sky because when he does, it's going to be a war in the sky, which is a war in heaven. And with that, brothers and sisters, all praises to the Most High. Peace be unto you.